Brian Mudd Show is on News Radio 610 WIOT. It's easier to catch, but not more likely to send you to the hospital once you catch it. That's the conclusion of a new CDC-led analysis of the COVID Delta variant. The study finding that the summer COVID surge was fueled by the hypertransmissible variant spreading easily among mostly unvaccinated people. Yeah, as we were just talking about prior to the bottom of the hour news, we got some really good news relative to the spreading of COVID-19 in our state. We're hitting now some of the best numbers, not since even this June now, but since June of last year. And we're definitely, in terms of the overall average, the the weekly average of cases, so we're now taking a look at uh, sub-2,000. The lowest trend that we've had for cases since we still thought of flying when we heard the, the word Delta. And, of course, so the last week being the week that a lot of, of people are talking about being back to pre-Delta surge levels in the state of Florida. This was going to be the week to where we really saw that play out that much more in the hospitalizations as well. We've seen that lag time of anywhere from a few days, perhaps a week, between COVID cases and hospitalizations. So the hospitalizations have been rapidly falling, and recently we as well did have Mary Mayhew, President and CEO of the Florida Hospital Association, declare the end of the Delta surge, not just in terms of COVID-19 cases, but specific to what she's involved with, hospitalizations. And that is certainly great news. Mary, joining us now, appreciate you taking the time with us again. Good morning, Brian. My pleasure to join you for what is finally some good news about where we stand, uh, certainly with this recent Delta surge, the most extreme surge that the state has faced throughout the pandemic. You'll recall we got to a point of over 17,000 individuals hospitalized on one day. Um, That is far higher than our previous highest peak of 10,000 COVID hospitalizations in the summer of 2020. So, yes, um, we are thrilled to finally be reporting that we have dropped down uh, to pre-Delta surge and, frankly, to uh, our lowest point in the fall of 2020. So finally getting the Delta surge in our rear view mirror. Yeah, that is great news for sure. And you know, Mary, one of the things I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, you take a look at the ebb and flow of this pandemic, and I do a lot of historical comparisons to, you take a look at 1918, there's so many comparisons to the, the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918 and, and, and the like. But, you know, to, to see how quickly, you know, how Badly in the soup we were, and specifically in Florida, in August. And two months later, to be down 90% in cases and you know, thereabouts on, on the hospitalization side, too, it seems to be something s- somewhat remarkable. Is there anything that, from your level of expertise, you're able to, to pinpoint as to why things turn so rapidly? Well, Brian, certainly one of the benefits that we had uh, was the increased availability of the monoclonal antibody treatment. That certainly, uh, at least in terms of preventing hospitalizations, uh, saving lives, we know that timely access to monoclonal therapy has, has made a difference. The governor obviously uh, focused on increasing the number of state sites Hospitals have been providing monoclonal antibody treatment since last fall. That 
combined effort absolutely helped to support the the not only the reduced hospitalizations but the trend improvement we, uh, clearly vaccination matters as you mentioned earlier the number of individuals, the percentage of those who are hospitalized for COVID, the vast majority were unvaccinated. So the combined impact of increasing our vaccination rates and getting individuals timely access to monoclonal uh, antibody treatment at the earliest signs of COVID has absolutely helped to support the reduction in hospitalizations. I know up to this point, there's always been the fear about what's around the next corner. And I know that still exists to a certain extent, especially heading into the traditional flu season. And, you know, what many experts are suggesting could be uh, another surge. And indeed, if things played out like the 1918 pandemic, we would get another surge, although it wouldn't be as significant as what we've been through to this point. But do you get the the sense from from hospitals, from doctors, from uh, you know, medical staff generally, that the worst really is behind us now? I think we're all optimistic that that is the case, but we're also all a little reluctant to firmly embrace that because of the experience that we've had now over the last 20 months, where we had hoped that after the first surge, we were beh- it was behind us, after the second surge, that it was behind us, and then we experienced the Delta surge. And so while we're cautiously optimistic, we're not going to let our guard down. And from the hospital's perspective, we certainly have learned a great deal about this virus. Uh, we are prepared. We want to remain prepared to the extent that something, uh, some additional surge is around the corner. But hopefully, given the rate of vaccination, the number of individuals who've experienced COVID, that that level of immunity in our population can prevent another surge like we just experienced with Delta. Speaking to Mary Mayhew, President and CEO of the Florida Hospital Association, when you reflect on how hospitals across the state fared at, at, with peak levels, uh, is that something that that gives you um, some solace in in terms of what we're able to handle during times of extreme adversity? Brian, that is such a great question because compared to many other states and other hospitals in other states, Florida did fare well. And, And that is all by comparison because we are still in recovery and I am deeply concerned about our workforce, the welfare of our workforce, the, the challenges that we've seen in terms of turnover and vacancies because of the strain and stress that so many in our hospitals have experienced. But what we do know is that Florida hospitals had the capacity to respond, to surge, to flex up, to bring on staff, to add beds. They did all of that because they had the skill, the sophistication, and the resources. And I think that's really important. The last thing you want is to have a dependency on a hospital that is hemorrhaging red ink. We want to have financially stable healthcare organizations, hospitals, that when an emergency strikes, they're prepared, they're ready, they can pay the the costs of the supplies that may be skyrocketing in price. They can retain the additional staff that's needed. So that is a a huge positive 
in terms of what we've seen and certainly what it has done in terms of our preparedness for anything that may be coming down the pike. Mary, we've had you know, so many hospitals in different states, different medical facilities over vaccine mandates, either terminate employees or, or lose them of their own accord. I know that many hospitals have their own policies that are uh, rather stringent within our state as it sits. But, of course, any day now, we could have this OSHA rule that comes down, and the state of Florida has um, promised to fight that uh, in the courts as well as perhaps a special session to uh, to try to take legislative action as soon as next month. What's the level of concern about um, staff, about employees generally uh, within Florida's hospital system should that OSHA rule, that vaccine mandate come down? So, Brian, as I mentioned, uh, we are absolutely uh, challenged by a severe workforce shortage among nurses, respiratory therapists, across a variety of healthcare uh, professions that existed prior to the pandemic. Clearly, the pandemic has absolutely exacerbated that situation. We had a 25% turnover rate among our nurses last year, 30% for nurses that work in intensive care. Wow. So we know we've got a delicate situation that we are trying to balance. What we also know is that hospitals are absolutely responsible for infection control practices to ensure that patients, vulnerable patients, are protected. Uh, against any risk of exposure to infection, that our workforce is is protected against any transmission uh, among staff in our hospitals. That's 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 what we do. We we are sophisticated in our infection control practices, and hospitals have to have the ability to make certain decisions. But they are obviously weighing those against uh, their their respective workforce. You mentioned there is at least one federal rule through OSHA. Uh, that will mandate uh, vaccines. It will likely also include uh, a testing option. Now, there is another rule that is coming uh, soon, and that is from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. You may recall several weeks ago they announced a rule that would require vaccination of all employees within nursing homes. Well, they recently announced that they are going to do the same for hospitals and other healthcare organizations that receive a significant amount of Medicare and Medicaid funding. Mm. So OSHA will come out with theirs, but the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will come out with a vaccine requirement that likely will not include a option to simply be tested. And I'm sure you can appreciate Medicare funding supports access for our elderly residents in Florida. So it is, it is not likely that any hospital can choose to opt out of participating in the Medicare program. So that is certainly uh, a requirement that is forthcoming that will, there will be no option for hospitals but to comply. Wow. Okay, well, that's a big one, and I appreciate you putting that on my radar. Uh, we'll cross that bridge, I suppose. Best wishes in the meantime, and thank you for sharing the better news with us. We sure do appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Look forward to the next discussion. Sounds good. Mary Mayhew, President and CEO of the Florida Hospital Association. Today's Q&A of the day. What's the best way to prepare for higher inflation? Get into that next year in the Brian Mudd Show. News Radio 610 WIOD.